Hello and how are you toys sports lovers out there? My name is Robbie Gillette and welcome to conversation number 29 of the Keeping It Real Throbby podcast where we chat all things on the mental side of sport to stories, laughs and banter. Whether it's an old pigskin or the old leather ball, we've got you. First of all, I need to apologise for the delay in posting this chat. There are some topics that we covered that were relevant at the time, such as the box games. But unfortunately, I've been manned down with COVID and haven't had much spare energy. That aside, I really enjoyed my chat with Hurricanes fly-off Ruben Love as he journeyed through his young career and shared insights into the kind of pressures that he faces. I hope you guys enjoy, and as always, let me know what you guys think. Fantastic. Uh, just when I thought my weekend literally couldn't get any better, uh, the Springboks played and the Springboks won, uh, obviously, and uh, I'm joined by probably New Zealand's hottest property at the moment in rugby, Ruben Love. Ruben, thanks for, for coming on and joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I know the, the time difference and whatever's made it admin, and I appreciate your time and effort for, for actually your hopping on. So thanks so much for, for joining me. Oh, sweet. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Robbie. Man, awesome. But I think we can get straight into it uh, with the, the Springboks. I know we, we're always, we're always going to speak about the Springboks. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Eh? What Did you watch a game this morning? I know it was like four, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at four in the morning, so I wasn't oh, up. I was actually oh. asleep, but saw the highlights and it looked like a surreal game. And even the, the first game, they looked so close and yeah. looked so physical. But um, yeah, the trials are definitely something else. They're so spectacular and um, just wish there was, you know, full crowds to be able to witness it all. Yeah, that did. Yeah, that would be insane. Um, I don't think you guys have had crowds that you did, but quite like for yeah. quite a long time now. Yeah. And, and when yeah. you think like, who's impressed you uh, from the the Springboks and the Lions? Like, have you from the highlights you've seen? Uh, who do you think has impressed you? And then also, how do you think the Springboks will win it next uh, Saturday? Um, I, I haven't watched enough to see who's impressed, but a, re- a reoccurring theme in the highlights is definitely playing through Andre Pollard and mm. um, the winger Mapupi as well. He's um, he's class, man. And, um, and the Lions, I would have loved to see, um, is, is it Louis, the, the winger, the rapid winger, Louis Zanuck? Uh, Louis Zanuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to see him get another crack. He's, he's a young buck coming through and he's sharp, but... Um, mm. You know, just both teams are stacked with, you know, grade A players. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch the game next week. I'll probably be up because it's Saturday, I think, Saturday morning. We have a game that night, so I might be, yeah, be away <laughs> or something like that watching other clubs. So, <laughs> nah. um, um, but, yeah, watch. Where, what you, who are you playing next week and who are you playing for? Uh, currently, I'm just playing the provincial um, stuff, which is the, it's called the Bunnings NPC at the moment. It's usually called ITM Cup or Mitre 10, but uh, I'm just playing for the capital city, uh, Wellington Lions. And we have uh, Northland uh, as, our, as our round one fixture on Saturday. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you obviously, you signed the Canes, but I mean, like, what's it been like? Um, or maybe before we get into that, let's let's strip it a bit back for you. Uh, how was your, your camp with the NZ under-20s? Was it tough? Uh, and did you guys get any games? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, coming out of Super Rugby, um, it was a lot of pressure for, I think, a good six, seven months. And it's so full on. You have to be on point 100% of the time. And mm. um, having about a week's break after Super Rugby to decompress with my family, um, getting straight into the New Zealand 20s camp and a lot of those boys that were in that camp I played New Zealand, New Zealand schools with in 2019 so um, we were meant to play Australia but because of COVID we couldn't travel over there 
so that got canned and we weren't sure what was going to happen next but luckily we we scrambled together four games against some quality opposition and uh, we came away with four wins and um, it wasn't the wins that that um, I'll cherish it was the the friendships I made with the new guys and um, you know just the traveling experience um, just chilling in the hotel room with a bunch of mates and um, it was awesome man. I had so much fun and it was one of the best rugby experiences I've had to date so loved it yeah I mean like I can I can only imagine it must have been insane um, but also like I, I want to kind of find out I think in South Africa you know if you play like I think it's SA schools and you go over you, you pretty much keep a like a core group of guys who play like baby box um is it the same with you guys or is there actually like room for newer guys to come in uh, i think it, it can differ you know new zealand schools gets picked on purely one year of of you playing schools or uh, at for your high school or maybe two years but new zealand 20s it's a totally different uh, coaching group it's a totally different selection process and um yeah, again, the core, the, the main core of the New Zealand secondary schools guys um, went through and played 20s, but there was definitely some new faces. And obviously, you can be 18, 19, or 20 years old yeah, okay. to play in the under 20s. So there's different ages there. So there's a bit, mm. I think there's a bit of diversification in, in the people. Mm. Uh, and I mean, like, for you, <clears throat> what's it like? Because you, you grew up in Wellington, eh? That's where the Canes are from. It's like your childhood side, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, grew up um, an hour out of Wellington, but did my high school in about two hours away. Oh, nice. And then what, so what's it been like, play, like playing for the Canes and just like representing your, I don't know, in Cape Town will be like your province or whatever? Yeah, it's, um, it's surreal, man. You know, I used to, used to go to their games um, whenever I could. And um, I still remember my first game. It was a birthday present from my parents. Um, just going there and, just watching them with my younger brother as my 10th birthday but um, yeah it's crazy man just to sit in the changing rooms with these guys and have my own locker and um, you know being able to run out there with the flames going up and the crowd going nuts it's um it's definitely it's special man that makes it doesn't make you question why you do all those early mornings or late nights and put yourself through so much pain just to be rewarded with that i guess 80 minutes or hour that you get uh, can you remember like the first time you ran out because i mean as a young guy i'm sure it's like i would be so fired up you know like you're running out the crowd's going nuts um but as i'm sure like as you get older it becomes a bit more normal but for you as like a young guy straight out of school when you experience that what was that like yeah i don't, I don't think we'll ever get old um i've always envisioned running out to crowds and flames and um, noise and stuff like that since i was a kid and um, I, I vividly remember the process that it took, you know, walking out of the changing sheds with the cameras on, getting told to wait until you're allowed to run out because of the mm. TV. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. It's something that will never get old for me. And um, it's, a, it's a nice feeling having, having a family in the stands and running out onto the field just to make them proud. Yeah, that, that sounds like a dream. Uh, what, what, what kind of um, culture has been created at the, at the Canes? It seems like... I mean, externally, I've, to be honest, I, like I was just watching on TV when they play rugby, you know, so I don't get any of the extras. But I mean, from what I've seen, it looks pretty tight knit. Is that is that pretty fair? Yeah, yeah everyone's close, and um, there's a big emphasis on becoming mates off the field as well as on it. Mm. And then, like, with regards to just becoming mates with guys and like just experiencing and learning of guys, um, 
who, who are some of the guys you like find yourself hanging around a training, which is like kind of like a pinch yourself moment, you know, and then how do you think that's taken your game uh, to the next level and will continue to take your game to the next level? Yeah, I think obviously Jordy Barrett's a, a great influence um, mm. and he's, he's actually next to me in, in the, in the locker room. So I always find myself playing 21 questions with him, <laughs> more so me asking him about a thousand questions on, what he thinks to do in this situation or yeah. you know what even how, how he gets ready for games and stuff like that so um, I'm always asking him and you know Julian Severe and Adi Savier, um the Kane's changing room there's there's a lot of legends of the game Stacked. and when, when all these guys retire man you know, their jerseys are going to go up in, in the, in the honours room and stuff like that so um, just to play with them now and even just talk to them you know it's mm. pretty crazy just mm. to try and make my game better yeah, yeah. And, and how have you experienced, or how did you experience the new uh, Super Rugby comp for you guys? And then, yeah, I mean, like, is it, what are your kind of your thoughts on us, or you guys not coming down to Cape Town or playing any of the South African sides? Like, is that something that's, you know, I mean, for you, you haven't experienced it, so maybe it's a bit easier. Um, but, like, the general mood, is it, yeah, let's like, crack on to something else, or is it, you know, a bit gutting? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gutted. You know, I, I grew up playing um, all the rugby challenges and rugby 06 and 08 <laughs> and stuff like that and watching all the games like on a Sunday morning um, when the Hurricanes are over in Pretoria or, you know, Cape Town and stuff like that. And um, obviously, you don't dwell on it too much because there's bigger things going on mm. in the world right now. But it would have been awesome to come to South Africa. I've never been there. My mum used to live there for a while. And, oh, no um, yeah, I, I wish it could have happened, but a lot of the guys um, are gutted. You know, I've, I've heard them say quite a, lot, a few times just how awesome South Africa was and how tough it was to play there and just how different it is to playing in New Zealand. So, yeah. But the trans pump, um, it was cool that they went ahead and got to play a different uh, style of rugby and play against a different style. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's quite interesting what you said uh, about a Sunday morning because for us, it's a it's a Friday morning, so it's like when we're watching you guys play, it, it's on a Friday morning. So it's like it would be so weird to I think for me to watch football like or rugby on a on a Sunday morning because um, it's just so interesting. Sure. So it's Friday morning, like it's like crack your yeah. weekend off. Um, but sure, like you're obviously still a young guy um, with lots lots of rugby uh, memories to make. Um, but what what have been some of your your first or yeah, what were your first rugby memories? that you can remember today? Yeah, my first game was when I was four years old, um, playing for Waikanae Rugby Club. And um, I just remember going there, not knowing what to expect. And it's crazy that I even remember it because I can't remember any other game <laughs> that I played for from that age. But um, played the game and managed to uh, clash heads with someone. And um, I just remember my gun was bleeding. Um, I think I chipped the tooth potentially and just went off the field crying, holding mum's hand and had to go home. So my my first ever rugby experience <laughs> ended in tears and a lot of my recent uh, rugby uh, games, you know, ended in tears as well. So uh, it's kind of fitting that, um, you know, a lot of it's, it started with my parents and it's kind of at the moment still going with my parents and hopefully for as long as I play, it always ends up with my parents somewhere. Mm, yeah, and why 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 do you say that uh, your your recent ones are also ending in tears, or is that not not saying you will? Um, it's it's overwhelming. I yeah. guess you know it's um, you put a lot of emphasis on 
and then time into trying to make that complete performance and you put so much into this game and you know I always find myself at the end of 80 minutes just completely overwhelmed and exhausted from from the amount of work that you put in during the week and it's it's all the stuff that you know the public eye doesn't see and stuff like that and you only just see it now with other athletes coming out on how mentally tough it is and yeah um how yeah you know i've come off the field just to my parents just in tears because i'm just so exhausted and um but it's 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 a good feeling man just knowing that you put so much into something and when you get that reward um it makes it so much better Mm. And is that something you you work on? You do work on? Like, do you guys have uh, sports psychologists that you guys can see and all that? Because that that's quite that's quite hectic. Like, you know, you, when you come off a field and, and you're just like so overwhelmed, it must be pretty um, like emotionally draining. Yeah, yeah. The, there's people to to talk around, and um, it's awesome that now it's being a lot more naturalised in, in mm. the sport sporting industry and stuff like that. So just being able to be open about it and speak what's on your mind and um, I guess just being honest with yourself and with your teammates and the psychologists as well. Mm. That's quite interesting because I also, like one of the main reasons I, I started this uh, is because I watched, um, it's an Audi's podcast as well and I was like, yo, there's so much of the stuff we don't know, like as guys who, geez, will go six days or five days uh, in the week and then on the sixth day watch um, the rugby and then you know, carry on. And there's a lot of stuff we don't see, which I thought was, was quite interesting. Um, but, but have you, have you always been, um, you know, like, a, like a standout player, like you mentioned first game in years, or were you just always a great player, you know, like always stood out above the rest of the, of your age. No, no, it was never like that. Um, I, I went through high school and I played for the under 14 B team. I uh, didn't make the A's and uh, didn't make the under 15 A's either. I had to play under 15 B's and um, yeah, I ended up wanting to quit rugby uh, at one point just because I wasn't enjoying it as much and um, I liked playing cricket a lot more so I wanted to give it a crack but um, yeah, my dad kept me in it and I was pretty fortunate that um, you know some events just happened in, in my life and kind of made me wanted to take it a bit more seriously so just kind of started training hard for it and it wasn't until my second to last year of college where I kind of decided to to give it a good crack. That's crazy can you maybe journey us through that that period uh, from like when you know you mentioned those um, like times of events that you had to go through uh, for you to take it seriously from there till um, where you are now, I guess, is like a journey outside of school as well, because it's quite interesting um, for guys to know, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, um, I guess, what would it have been, 2000 and, uh, 2016, um, I was playing just for the under-16B rugby team, and um, I was the smallest kid on the field always. I was playing halfback in a mix of first five sometimes, and... Um, just wasn't really enjoying it, and um, you know, some that my my quarter passed away. My my granddad passed away, and um, I just remember being around a lot of my family uh, at the time. And um, yeah, I, I guess when he was still with us, I made a promise to him that that I'd do something and uh, with my life. And at the time, I I wasn't really. I was I was smoking a lot. So, um, you know, I was drinking and. Um, 
I guess my energy was more focused on, on the party scene, um, as a lot of young kids do. And um, yeah, I guess that, that summer of um, when I was going from year 11 to year 12, um, you know, I ate right. Um, I trained the house down. Um, and for a, lot of, for a lot of the times, you know, I, I didn't go to school balls. Um, I missed out on those and I missed out on high school parties. Um, I missed out on, uh, you know, the, the year 13 or the, the final, I'm not sure what you call it, but your final year dinners and um, all that stuff, you know, I missed out on to, to train and, and put my energies and, and focus into uh, this game. And uh, it's not only, you know, till now where you kind of reap uh, what you sow and, yeah, I'm just lucky it, it's paid off and, um, I guess when you when you put your mind to anything that can be achieved, no matter what who you are and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Why Why did you decide to put all that energy into rugby uh, as opposed to cricket? Because you, I know you mentioned earlier that you uh, you you like cricket, and from what I've I've gathered, uh, you're actually a half decent cricketer. Um. So why why did it why did that energy go into cricket? Oh, not into cricket as as opposed to rugby. Um, yeah, well, in New Zealand, I'm not sure how it is in South Africa, but in New Zealand, there's, uh, it's a much harder pathway. Um, you know, there's, for rugby, there's the academy programs and, and stuff like that, but for cricket, there's, there's not much, um, I guess, buy-in if you're a young buck trying to crack it straight away and stuff like that. So um, I, had, I just guess I had the opportunity in my last year to come down to Wellington and uh, be a part of the Lions, uh, but more so the academy. And um, yeah, just jumped at the at the thought of it, and had a, a lot of talks with my mum and dad on what I should do, and um, just decided to jump off the cliff and you know hope hopefully grow wings while I'm at it. And um, was there? Do you think there was a was a genuine opportunity uh, for for you to have to go on pro in cricket? Like even if you did, um, you know, if you took that risk and um, and went for cricket, do you think there was a genuine opportunity? Well, a chance. Um, you can back yourself now, because you know, like. <laughs> no, I wasn't that good. I was, I was a battler. You know, I wasn't that good at cricket. I was, um, I guess I was, just, I was just athletic through rugby, so I wasn't that good. So I, I don't think I would have made it in cricket. Okay, and and who, who would you say is like your 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 favorite player um, in the world at the moment playing for for cricket? Um, yeah, you know, I've asked it a few times on a few podcasts and stuff I've done, but my favourite is definitely Quentin de Kopp. <laughs> you know, um, honestly, I've, I've been watching him since I was probably 13 years old and um, ever since then, just the way he plays and the way he worker keeps as well. Um, he's, he's by far my favourite player. I uh, respect. Um, <laughs> you didn't have to say that just because I'm South African, but I agree, bro. Um, no, no, that's funny because I get asked, I've done like Australian podcasts and um, <laughs> another dude from South Africa, and I've, I've said the same thing every time. You know, Quentin the Cox. So. Quinny, yeah, sure. that looks a legend, bro. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like what? What? I guess you you've kind of journeyed through what it's like being um, a young pro in New Zealand, uh, but how have you like kind of experienced it? Uh, being such a young guy in that high pressure environment and maybe, well, what are some of the learnings you've taken from that? Um, and also, you know, like how big is the rugby culture in New Zealand? Uh, yeah, the, the culture is pretty strong, you know, um, mm. 
as there have been some times where you know I'm just walking down the street and or I'm just out for dinner and people come past and you know most of the time you know they say nice things and stuff but there has been the odd time where you know you cop a bit of stick and um, I guess that just comes with the job but um, one of the biggest things I've, I've kind of learned is when you get to this level you you tend to put a, a lot of expectations on yourself and there's a lot of expectations that you think come from your friends and your family and you know maybe your partner or everybody you've ever known kind of sees you as a rugby player oh. um, but one thing I've kind of taken out of it is I don't weigh up uh, my expectations now I, I look at it as appreci- appreciation appreciation and um, yeah I'm just I, I appreciate where I am and the opportunities that I've got and um, the people in my life and I don't look at it as I'm expected to play well or I'm expected to to be the best player I can be because I know that will naturally always be there as a motivator but if I can appreciate where I am and the opportunities that I have and the effect that I can have on other people and that kind of makes me feel whole and mm. like I'm not just a rugby player in a sense yeah 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 and with those um those, those like uh, comments that get made like in person first of all that's brave I, I've actually never heard of anyone getting like um, commented like having like a negative thing said about them in person um, especially for like an athlete you know how how do you handle that like surely it's just like how I would, I would just be speechless <laughs> yeah I guess everybody's entitled to an opinion and um, unfortunately there's a lot of tall poppy syndrome in, in New Zealand and no one really likes to see the people that are I guess trying their hardest to do well and a lot of people just want to bring them down and um, it happens with all, all the sports in Israel. Adesanya, the fighter, talks about it quite a lot in, in his interviews. But, you know, if someone's got something negative to say, just brush it past. And I feel sorry that they have that hatred or negative energy that, that they have. And, you know, if someone's got something positive to say, I, you know, I, um, I guess I, I applaud them for being courageous enough to say it. Because, yeah. as you said, you know, uh, you have to be uh, brave to, to go out of your way and say something to someone, whether it's good or bad. So if it's good, yeah. I, I take the time out to appreciate it. Yeah, it's so it's so like I think it's sad that um, like people have that in them. It's like if if you have I think if you have that in you, then the the problem's a little bit bigger than the player um, that like knocked the ball on or whatever. And then you've got bigger problems, I think. You know. Um, 100%. So so for for you and your journey after school, when when did the Hurricanes or when did you get noticed by the Canes and when, you know, when I suppose did you get offered a, a, a contract to come there? Yeah, it was, it was probably um, June, my first year out of school, June last year. And um, they were just having uh, their training uh, just before the Super Rugby Aotearoa started. And yeah. I just got asked to come in and train with them for a week um, just to be, you know, a body to hold the tackle pads and, you know, just run as an opposition player against them just to prime them before their comp starts and um, kind of just went to that and um, you know for them you know I'm just a nobody coming in to hold the bag and stuff like that but for a 19 or 18 year old kid that comes in and um, you know it, it meant the world to me just to train with these guys and be at the location where you know that my dreams kind of can take place and so I took it very seriously and tried to I guess trained my hardest and um, ended up doing that for two weeks and um, it wasn't until just before the Lions season started where um, I was lucky enough to 
I guess, just get approached and sit down and have a meeting with the coaches and they just put a contract forward and it was pretty speechless, really, just me and my mum and my dad and uh, I guess left that meeting, yeah, left the meeting just going, wow, did that, did that really happen? And um, I remember going straight from there, going to the, to the gym, um, just going, shit, <laughs> I, I, I got to get good. You know, I've only got, I've got a lot of 10 cup provincial season and a, and a preseason block to, to get good because I'm not, I'm nowhere near good enough at the moment. So, well, oh, that's insane. So did you not like expect it at all? You just, you went there to hold tackle bags and then at the end of it, you offered a contract. Yeah. Yeah. Basically after a process over a few months, it was just like, yeah. Damn. Yeah, that, that's a surreal. very, very cool story. That's such a cool story. And how long are you signed for? Was that not like something you discuss? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Signed for, for three seasons. So this season, 2022 and 2023, and, you know, God willing, it, it goes well and um, hopefully goes some more. But, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, I'm not, not trying to chase the universe. So whatever's happened, I know God's got a plan for me. So Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I love that. I love that. So you, I mean, you've you've obviously journeyed a bit through, um, you know, the, like how it's just been overwhelming. It can get a bit. It's like a high pressure situation all the time, which is not not good on anyone. How important has your? And you've mentioned your family or your your parents. How important has your su- support structure been for you uh, to get through that those times? And also, who who is? Who, what does that look like for you? What does your support structure look like? Yeah, it's massively important. You ask any rugby player um, that's in those situations uh, how important family and, mm. and friends are, and, and they'll tell you. But, um, yeah, for me, it just looks like, you know, my mum and dad, and uh, I guess i got some family that live uh, <laughs> in well, which is good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just basically spending as much time as I can with them when I'm away from rugby and um, just, just finding things to do outside of rugby, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, we, we chatted a little bit earlier about um, that tight knit Kane's uh, uh, culture. What is the what's the dynamic between some of the younger guys, such as yourself, and then like an older guy, like maybe Artie or Julian? Like, what is it? What does that relationship look like? Uh, it's great, man. You know, those those guys came in around the same age as, as I have, and they understand what it what it's like and what it takes. Um, when you're young coming through these high pressurized situ- situations and um, yeah, I guess there's no diversity in the team. Everyone's on the same page and the old heads are just as comforting as, as the, you know, the young ones and stuff like that. So I think everyone's been very welcoming um, yeah. to everyone. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and, and then in terms of like a, a build up to a game preparation in the week, um, how does that look like for you? Like, what what are the kind of things that you? I mean, you're obviously training, but you know, what does the, the build up to a game on a Saturday look like? Yeah, I guess I've I've played around with it a lot because um, the games are at seven o'clock. Music, oh, at night time now, and yeah. going through school and club rugby, you know, I'm used to them being at twelve and two. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, a lot of it's just trying to find ways to not play the game in your head too early and um, a lot of it's you know focused on being present and um, you know doing med- meditation practices and um, I guess just chilling out listening to music or finding a good podcast to listen to and just chill out by the beach for a while I love going down to the beach in Wellington and 
just sitting there taking in the view and I guess having some fresh air. But as soon as it kind of gets to the point where you have to go to the ground, it's it's focused, you know, you're locked in, you've got your music on and um, yeah, I guess from then on, it's just whatever you feel, you don't really try to think. No, that's cool. I think let's let's go to the Q and A, uh, just because I know it's it's maybe getting a little bit late there. With time, <laughs> I'm conscious of your time. Um, spades or I don't know how to say this. Two a tui. Spades or tui? I'll have to go tui. I assume it's beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thoughts on ever coming to SA for a stint? Since we are playing up north now. Oh, um, if if I wasn't wanted. In New Zealand, yeah, and I was one of there. That that definitely be an option, hundred percent. And then the ideal, the ideal union. Oh, um, I was playing a lot of rugby away at the New Zealand Twenties camp, and I was playing as the Stormers <laughs> and the Bulls quite a lot because they were stacked. So um, maybe the Stormers or the Bulls, yeah. Yeah, you got to come to the Stormers. Up north is shit anyway, so it's like. Um, <laughs> if if you. Okay, well, that was the next question. Anyway, um, how did you cope with the pressure of, of performing as a young talent in the Trans Tasman comp? Um, I, I guess just just trying to have fun. Mm. You know, if an opportunity is there to have a crack, have a crack. If it's not, pass the ball. But it's just the same game you play when you're five years old. So nothing mm. changes from that. Yeah, cool. And who who is your favourite player for the All Blacks and the Springboks? Uh, I look, the biggest player I looked up to is probably Artie Sauve at the moment just because of how um, great of a guy he is and he's got no duplicity on and off the field. You know, he's the same man you see on TV as he is a person at, and at home. So um, he's, he's the greatest man in the Springboks. Um, I guess one person I'd love to meet and talk to is probably Andre Pollard. Just pick his brain a little bit. Uh, I think mm. he's a great player. And uh, Willie LaRue probably as well. He's, um, he's someone I've watched his whole yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Ruben, thanks so much, bro. I really appreciate your time. I genuinely do. Uh, it means uh, it means a lot to me for you coming on. And uh, yeah, this is thanks for chatting and being open and sharing. Uh, it was quite an interesting chat. So I really digged it. So thanks so much. No, sweet. Thanks for having me, man. It's awesome. Sweet, I appreciate man. it.